Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome in to Strategic Planning. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Mike Flanders and myself as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. And we're going to talk about minding the gap this week on the show. And you're going to find out what that means in just a second. But first, let's say, hey, to Mike, what's going on, my friend? How you doing? Hey, hey, um, I am doing great. I think, are we getting close to number 60 on our... Um, uh, well, you know what? Channel. Let me look. We are, yeah, we're probably right in there somewhere. Uh, yeah. It is, uh, our podcast is aging. That yes, is sure. it is. And we're going to talk about that a little bit th- this week uh, and next. So, uh, or next, uh, next session, mm-hmm. yeah, next yeah. session, whatever. but, uh, yeah, yeah. So mind the gap is, so you're going to talk about that. Tell them, tell them a little bit about mind the gap signs and what that means there. Sure. And, uh, and yeah, this is, this is actually number 59. This one's 59. Is so it? our next okay. one will be 60. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. So our next one will be really getting close to retirement and have to think this one, this one, I guess might be old enough to, uh, here's pretty soon to uh, pull out some money without penalties. <laughs> there you go. Right. When we finish this, one, we'll be at 59 and a half, you know, or we're halfway through and then you can do it. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, so what I mean by mind the gap, I don't know folks, if you're, if you've ever been to, to London, uh, Mike, you ever been to London? I have not. Okay. So my wife has many times and, and you know, when they call it the tube over there instead of the subway, right? So when you ride yes. the, the subway there, they call it the tube. And they have like, you know, here, a lot of times we have signs that say, watch your step, right? Whenever you're transitioning right. from like the platform to the train, same kind of thing, like with a, at an airport, right? When you're stepping onto the plane from that little uh, thing that they roll out there to help you get on it and oh, stuff yes. like that. Yes. So in London, they just have, they, it's very polite, right? And it says, mind the gap. And there's these little signs so that you don't trip, you know, stepping mm-hmm. from one thing to the other. And it got me thinking that we should talk about the gaps, that we encounter in retirement planning and in our financial world, because I think most of us only think about this first one that I have on the list, but I've got a couple other ones as well. So I want to go through these different ones and have you kind of point out some places where the gap can kick in and you know, maybe bite us if we're not prepared. So that's gotcha. the idea. Okay. Well, so when you had said that about the mind, the gap and told me what that had to do with, it may it reminded me of a trip my wife and I made, I think maybe last year in February out to Nashville, Tennessee area. And we had mm-hmm. stopped off at, Andrew Jackson's home place called the Hermitage, just outside of of Nashville, to take a little tour of it and see some history and all like that. We love history, right? And um, so we were walking along um, the, the grounds, uh, the walkway there, and, and coming up to a cabin, and there was a sign uh, just above the door that says "Watch your head," not mind the gap, but watch your head. And that's kind of how the difference is between us and the Brits, you know. I, I know first time I ever heard uh, the trunk of a car called a boot. Called the boot, yeah. The tube instead of the subway. You know, I just thought, what is that? But anyway, so watch your head. Well, so we get up there and there's a marble or a rock step to step up onto this cabin. And so I just step up and step right in. And of course, I'm a little bit taller than they were back in the uh, late 1700s, early 1800s. And I <laughs> slammed my head right Ouch. into that. <laughs> where they said, watch your head. I wasn't watching anything. And uh, so, yeah, it is important to mind the gap, watch your head, and uh, be sure you know where you're going and what you're doing. So yeah, exactly. Ouch. I had to lean up against the rail inside that I stumbled into for a few moments just to regain consciousness. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, when you bonk, sometimes it catches you out of the blue, man. It'll stun you. That's for oh, sure. It did. 
sure that is did. for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike. So let's uh, let's jump in and talk about these things a little bit. So as I mentioned, you know, the first one here, it's the paycheck gap. And I think this is the one that most people clearly think about. You know, we're all kind of, you know, kind of a little bit nervous and scared as we're getting close to, you know, even if we've got a plan and a strategy in place, it's still a little scary, right? When you, when you're, it's exciting and scary when you're coming up on retirement day and, you know, you make that transition and now there's no more paychecks, right? There's no more mailbox money, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, EFT money. None of that stuff's automatically hitting your account. So you got to figure out a way to fill that paycheck gap. Now that's what our investments are for. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you, you need to do an assessment and figure out, okay, what do I have that's going to be available that I can count on? And, and so you understand what that gap is, because I, I think a lot of times we just kind of figure it'll work out and um, it, it might not. But uh, I was just, just talking to someone this morning and we calculated the uh, social security benefit they're going to have coming in between the two of the couples uh, or the, the two people in this couple. Uh, would be forty eight hundred dollars a month. They needed between five and six thousand a month of income. And you know, as as you know, if your if your income is solely from Social Security, you're not going to pay any income tax. But if you got some other monies in there, you, there's a calculation. It's a complex formula. Of course, it's complex. A bunch of attorneys figured it out, right? <laughs> and uh, they uh, uh, to figure how much of your Social Security might be taxable and uh, whether then that falls under the standard deduction and all kind of things with the tax code that's so much fun to operate under. And um, you know, so we we figured that hey, not only uh, do they have enough money with the other funds that they've accumulated in retirement plans and so forth to produce that? But they only need a portion of that to produce the gap amount that they need, that additional income, and can leave the rest for other things like possibly long-term care needs and so forth. So um, yeah, it's um, uh, something that you definitely need to look at because that last paycheck can leave a little bit of an empty feeling when it doesn't come the next month. And uh, you need to be set up and ready for it. Absolutely. So that's the one I think, again, everybody thinks about, right? We know that's coming yeah. up when we ever make that transition. So let's talk about the other couple ones I've got on this list, Mike, that we don't think about when we're talking about a gap that could happen. So you mentioned Social Security. So let's go into that one. And But th- from a little bit different standpoint. So many people have been wanting over the last several years have been trying to retire as early as they can. You know, we get frustrated, we're tired of our job, whatever. Um, and COVID maybe has even made that even worse, right? Because yeah. they're like, you know what? I don't want to go back. I don't want to deal with the politics. I don't want to deal with all the stuff, whatever, whatever it might be, just for whatever reason, kind of say retiring early for the sake of this exercise, let's call it 60. So if you're trying to retire at 60, well, you're going to have a social security and an even bigger Medicare gap uh, if you're retiring early because you can't activate these things yet. And that can be something that could really take a, a nibble out of your investments for the long haul if you're not prepared for this. Yeah. And so to start as early as possible thinking about this and really making a plan, I've, I've had several people hit my social media stuff recently and called to see about getting on my schedule because they said, you know, I'm 50 or in my early 50s and I, it's hitting me. I need to think about seriously what yeah. my retirement yeah. scenario is going to look like. And so I've got a few things coming up with some new people here in the next uh, month or so. You know, the starting at 62 uh, is the earliest. It's not always the best thing to do. Sometimes it can be. I don't want to say that it's a hard and fast rule. Wait till you're 70 or wait till your full retirement age is 66 and four months or 67 or whatever it happens to be for mm-hmm. you. Right. A lot of people don't know that, that there are different uh, age points where you hit full retirement age. 
And the only reason that's important is because you could still work and get your Social Security benefit, but you lose it if you're under the full retirement age. So anyway, we're getting off uh, off onto a rabbit trail that we don't need to go on. But you know, what do you do if if you are going to say if we determine, hey, sixty two is a good point to start? And I've had a couple of people where that did make more sense based on just their configurations. Yeah. How do we get there? And um, so you know, sometimes it's like you know what, maybe it's a good idea not to retire or at, at 60, or maybe retire from what you're doing at 60, but do something else to generate some income. And hopefully in something that you're enjoying and would like to explore and, and maybe turns into something else. Do that uh, until you get to age 62 or full retirement age or what have you. And then that will reduce and or eliminate the need to draw on the investments and you can continue to build that. But the real key is looking at it earlier and getting real serious about stashing the money away so that you can have it earning and compounding to build up and give you enough excess funds to be able to handle that gap period between whatever age it is you decide I'm kicking this paycheck out the window and I'm going to do it until I get to 62 or 65 or whatever. Right. It is. Yeah. And of course the medical side becomes a real big kicker yes. because if you retire before you can do Medicare, then you're going to have to think about how you're going to pay for that coverage. And yeah. in a lot of times people will say Cobra, you know, is the way to look at right now. And, and it's funny because we get these kind of uh, ideals in our head, Mike, and we kind of run with them. So like if you're one of those people that say, oh, I've heard annuities are bad, so don't ever talk to me about one, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of eliminating a, a possible option that could be a useful tool for you. Now, it's not for everybody, but you know, you're automatically kind of putting yourself in this track where I don't want to even talk about that. Well, mm-hmm. the same thing with Cobra sometimes. And it's funny because if you go look now, Cobra's really not that uh, that bad of an option if you're looking to retire early and you need to fill that gap. It's actually not that much more exorbitant than doing something else and you get to keep the same coverage you had. And every situation is different. But yeah, years ago, Cobra was ridiculously overpriced. But right now, it's actually really not that bad. So it kind of just depends on the situation. And that's why you should never really limit yourself on any financial vehicle or any kind of strategy until you've had a chance to work with and talk with an advisor and see, hey, does this make sense or does it not? Yeah, sure. That's for sure. The The one drawback I'd say about Cobra is that you know, you, you have to take the plan that your employer had. And if your employer had an expensive plan, a Cadillac, so to speak, uh, then you're going to pay the cost for that quote Cadillac as opposed to make some of this cut down and not not as much benefit. And if you're in in good health, you might want to take on a little more of the upfront risk, like with a higher deductible or lower copays, that's that sort of thing, uh, or not lower copays, but lower coinsurance maybe higher co-pays. Yeah. So every situation, right? I mean, it's going to be, yes. just don't eliminate, just don't eliminate something until you've, you know, talked through it, I guess. Until is my you point. talk through it. That's exactly right. And, yeah. there, and there are other options, you know, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare is a possibility. And if you're in that gap and you can manage your income, and again, this is where you've kind of planned ahead and maybe you've accumulated money in some um, funds that um, are accessible without tax. Mm-hmm. And therefore you can draw on that for your living expenses, keeping your income low so that you can qualify for a subsidy on the ACA plan possibly and not have as big a premium. And then of course, there's always the uh, sharing ministry uh, things we did. And my wife and I did that for four years until we reached Medicare recently. 
And that, okay. it worked great. Yeah. We loved it. Uh, so a lot so of options. Yeah. A lot of options. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving along here so we can kind of get all through, get through all of these. So that's okay. the first two. How about the inflation gap? Now, we all know inflation exists. We all kind of accept it. Obviously, sometimes we, you know, often we put it on the back burner. We don't think about it. Now, recently, everybody's thinking about it because it's really been biting us in the tush lately, right? So we're paying more attention to it. And I tell you what, I've, I've been saying this on shows, Mike. If you don't think inflation uh, maybe is that big a deal, just think about it this way. The Social Security Administration is doing a pretty substantial COLA this, uh, either this year or next year going into 22. One of the most sizable ones I've seen them do in a really long time. If that doesn't tell you a little something about inflation, I don't know what does. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll say something about Social Security in that respect. The uh, uh, trustees of the fund, the trust funds, just came out and said, we're adjusting when we think that we will run out of money in the trust funds yeah, from due to, COVID, yeah. to, to 2033. So they're pulling it back a year and they're attributing it to the pandemic. Now, they're saying that it's because of the reduction in uh, um, economic activity and, and didn't have as much going into the funds because people weren't earning as much money and all that stuff. Uh, during this last year, but it's, it's I think it also has to do with inflation that's kicked up and they're going to have to bump up the benefit now this year. They have not been factoring in because the Fed has said, we're going to hold it at 2% and you know it's just it's, yeah. it's out of control right this second. They're talking four to six is what I've heard. Yeah, exactly. And, and so they, they try to control it, but they don't have uh, guaranteed lockdown capabilities there. But there, this, the thought is that one of the ways that, well, what could happen unless somebody does something about it in the meantime is Social Security benefits could uh, be funded to the level at 76% of what people are receiving or planning to receive at that point with just the flow of money into the funds from the payroll taxes of current workers. So that inflation can have some impacts and, and you you definitely, again, want to take that into consideration and not think in terms of what do I just barely need to get by on, but you, you need to have a plan for being able to produce income that's increasing. That goes back to the thing of start as early as you can. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you can't, don't have that time, look at deferring your retirement and just buckle down and save as much money as you can. Exactly. So you got to address these different gaps because they are out there and they will you know, well, they will prove to be problematic if we're not set for them. So let's talk about the long-term care gap. You know, Mike, retirement could be humming along, right? Everything, you could have a good plan in place. Everything could be smooth. But you decided to kind of avoid this topic like many people do because it's just scary or they don't want to deal with it. And, uh, you know, I don't know, everything's going great. And all of a sudden, a long-term care event shows up for one of the two of you, you or your spouse. And that, you know, 70000 a year or 90000 a year you were pulling from your investments to maintain your lifestyle now jumps up, you know, 30 extra grand or 50 extra grand, you know, because you've got to pay for a long-term care event. And that can really, 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 really cause some long-term problems. Yeah, it sure can. And, and so there are, there are ways to handle that, of course, with insurance. I mean, you can do that. I'm not an insurance aficionado, but uh, you know it can work there. And I'm not saying I'm against insurance. I'm just saying I don't look for every opportunity in the world to try and get an insurance policy for myself or something. But um, yeah, that's, that's one way. Another way is do some uh, state planning and see if there's not some things you can do that could qualify you for some benefits uh, if they're out there and available. But um, yeah, it's it's a matter of of sitting down and looking at what is the scenario that might happen for me. And you know, you might be pleasantly surprised. I just had a conversation with someone uh, just prior to us recording this event this morning, where we were looking at that question: Do I need to keep the uh, long term care policy on my spouse? 
Uh, I didn't qualify for it. I'm 70 years old and I'm, I might have a long-term event. Um, what, what do I do? And when we got to looking at what they had accumulated and what their social security benefits were and all, they've got a double the pot of money that's not necessarily needed to produce income and income that gets inflated over time to uh, cover the cost, increasing cost of living. Uh, they got double the amount that's available there that he could use and or she could use along with her long-term care benefit. And she's likely to outlive him and you know all that kind of stuff. So sometimes you got what you need. You just need to examine and see, right. is there a way to do this with what we have? And if not, then again, you mind the gap and say, what do we need to do to fill that gap? Definitely. And Mike, unfortunately, that leads us to our last one, which is the widow's gap or widower's gap. But it's, you know, I mean, we're all going to pass away. Right. And unfortunately, in what you do, you have to deal with these situations quite often because, you know, one's going to pass usually before the other. And so for the widow's gap, there's a couple of key points that really jump up to be the problem. Now, obviously, we're going to take the emotional thing out of it because we know that's a given. But from a financial standpoint, what are a couple of places there that people don't think about or aren't prepared for, and it creates that widow's gap. Yeah. Well, you know, when one spouse dies, their social security benefit, if they're receiving one goes away and most everybody is receiving one if they've reached um, uh, retirement age. And so that, that goes away. One of them, uh, it, the, it's the least of the two. So if uh, the spouse that died was getting the higher benefit, your benefit, so to speak, goes away and you get their higher benefit. Uh, if they were the lower benefit, then theirs just goes away. And you keep getting your higher benefit amount. So you're, you are going to have a cutback in your income if you happen to have been on a pension. I tell you, I, I, um, it's, it's something that we really need to examine when you, we sit down with people is, so you got this pension. Let's see what happens when you die. And um, so many times the number that's been planned on is the higher number that stops when the first, the, the pensioner, uh, when they die. And, mm-hmm. and so you need to determine, do we really want to take that pension benefit or is it better to take one that provides for the survivor an equal amount or some lesser percentage? And then we can fill the gap with the other investments from 401ks, IRAs, and personal savings. So something that needs to be considered there both Social Security and pensions, and uh, well worth um, knowing what you got coming up. It can be a big surprise if you don't know. Yeah, and you know when we think about some of this stuff, Mike, you really get you're really getting slapped multiple times in this mm-hmm. scenario because not only could you be losing income, you know, again, let's again we're talking about this from just a purely financial standpoint. You're right. losing income because let's say Social Security, right? It's going to be the higher of the two. Maybe you've lost pension depending on how it was set, and you're being kicked up into a higher tax bracket potentially because you're going down to single versus being you know married filing jointly, which you've probably been doing for the last thirty years, right, or more. Exactly. You and lose half of that standard deduction if you're using that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of uh, difference uh, there that you face. Yeah, and so you, I mean, you're really getting like you're kind of getting pummeled from multiple angles here. And if you're not prepared for that, you know, then you run into a real problem. So yeah, if you if you did have a pension and you didn't take the survivor piece of that, um, then you've left your spouse in you know kind of in the lurch. If there was a long term event kind of preceded that, it could be have drained a lot of the accounts, you know, because of taking care of that other person's long-term care event. So there's just a lot of places where, and I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom, but it's just, it's something you got to think about, right? These gaps can be there. Now you, you could fix these ahead of time. You could, you could do a lot of things to mine these gaps, but if you don't, they can certainly be problematic. 
Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, there's one client that right now I'm, I'm settling uh, the, the wife's estate um, with, with the attorney that we work with. And um, her husband died about two or three, well, maybe three or four years ago. And they had come to one of our seminars. Um, he declined to work with us. He said, I've got everything handled. It's all under control. And um, then he died uh, very unexpectedly. And um, we found out that his under control was his pension was a, a pension that only lasted for his lifetime and it stopped. His Social Security was not available to her because she had a government pension. And there's a provision in Social Security that if you have a government pension that you didn't pay Social Security tax on the earnings when you were uh, with that governmental agency, then you lose part of your Social Security. Well, she lost his whole Social Security. So his Social Security went away. His pension went away. She was left with just her pension. And uh, the the loss, I believe, was 75% or approximately of her income just walked out the door immediately. And she was already bedridden uh, mm. and needing long-term care and having receiving long-term care. So we just, we marshaled her benefits and she's actually leaving an inheritance for her family, but it's not what it could have been. And that's not the, the key, the, but the key was the stress. Yeah, definitely. And it was very stressful for her going through these different shocks of, oh, I'm not going to get that anymore. Oh, I'm not going to get that anymore. If he had just said, let's take a look at it and just review. <laughs> yeah. Maybe could have uh, reduced some of that for him. Absolutely. And so, again, these are the gaps you got to look out for. We often think about the paycheck gap. Uh, that's the kind of the big one we all kind of pay attention to. But there's these other ones. So if you got some questions and need some help, if you're worried about making sure you can fill these gaps and uh, heed them before you get there, then make sure you're talking with your advisor about it. If you're not working with one, then make sure you reach out to Mike and have a conversation. If you already work with Mike and you've already covered these, well, then you're good to go. But, you know, if you have questions, it doesn't ever hurt to bring them up. And uh, just say, hey, I would like to you know, make sure that we've covered these topics. And that's what we try to do each and every week on, or not every week, but every episode on the podcast where we talk about various different things that can happen to us as we get to and through retirement. So thanks for hanging out with us here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Mike, thanks for hanging out, my friend. I always appreciate your time. Don't forget to subscribe to us. Uh, on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, whatever platform you like to use for podcasting. And you can find all of it at Mike's website, spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Mike, my friend, I'll see you next time. Super. Thanks a lot, Mark. We always appreciate you here on Strategic Planning. We'll catch you later with Mike Flanders from Strategic Planning Corporation. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.